Nicole, and a happy Sunday, everyone. Yours truly here, and uh, filling in for Sarah this week, we got Jonathan Miller-Kidzy with us yet again. Jonathan, brother, good to be with you. Good to be back. Yes, and good, be, good to be sharing Ina together, because I'm not home enough these days, just traveling the road, making it happen. So good to be home for a while, good to be checking in with good friends, good to be making good business. But hey, uh, let's get on to announcements before we talk story. Um... We uh, we'll have that tip line out in the show notes. So if you got news, so that way you don't just have to DM it. We'll have an anonymized form, so that way uh, you know that way you you know for those of you that feel that like you can't like share it outrightly in your DMs because you got to keep it somewhere else. Whatever you know, your privacy is in mine. So uh, go ahead and check it out. Drop that or drop it however you like. I'm still taking them from the DMs and everything and the like. So uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. And uh, look forward to uh, more updates on the election. We just finally filled out the Facebook. It's it's going to be posting all the missing stuff that the the podcast system pulled down as Facebook got out of that. So, but everything's going to have at least a video with a title card. And look forward to season two for in person stuff after the primaries. Because once we've whittled down these four hundred contestants for your love and votership. Um, I guess uh, we might have to make some time to see some peeps in person, all right? We might have to, like, you know, get up close and personal and learn about these people because I think that's what you really want to know, you know? I mean, everybody knows what the policies are by now, but do we really know these people and, you know, would we break bread with them just as much as would we trust them with our children, our lives, our country? So, you know, uh, looking forward to shaking hands and kissing babies on the road after primaries uh, and looking forward to sharing the voting results here as it develops um and other announcements the maui humane society is seeking rabbit and guinea pig adopters providing free rabbit vaccines for all your bunny rabbits so if you got one kid who's been uh, dying for a chance to learn how to get one pet take a chance on an invasive species that is uh, taking up way too much space or go out in the street and catch one chicken and start one huli huli business either way Free chickens, free rabbits, free guinea pigs, all edible. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Love them. Love them. Pet them. Import Timothy Hay on Amazon. <laughs> that is not an ad for Amazon. That is that is a sad fact that we don't have enough Timothy Hay for all the rabbits on the island. So take care of them bunnies, guys. Get some pellets. Support your local feed store in the process. Um, also, uh, Mayor announces uh, leaders of the new Maui Ag Department. And uh, we'll be posting uh, links to those peeps in the Maui Ag Department page, and you can kind of get to know who they are. All right, Jonathan, it's yeah. been a while. How you been? I've been well. I've been good. I don't know what I've been doing. Dude, what what's home <laughs> been like since I've been gone, bro? I've just been like cruising the continent. So like, I feel that like it's kind of been like a slow news week recently. So like, I was kind of like. Glad in like the transition in the flight period that like okay all right I only just got a couple catch up on a couple leads and then figure things out but like I don't know it's it seems kind of slow after Fourth of July out here that's that's okay no news is good news no news is good news that's what they say yes 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 I've been told that I've been I've been told me and I believe it yeah but then like sometimes no news is secretly news is happening oh no that's why we got that tip line so people talking about me yeah. Exactly. People talking about me. <laughs> how did that become? How, wait, are you talking about everybody talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Harry Nilsson. Yeah, song? exactly. How did that become 
a Hawaiian song that's sung at like luau's and dude, you know how many brothers up country sing that they song sing that so song beautifully, dude. Like even Eric Gilliam does that. Is it only think, because dude. like skipping across the ocean, like a stone? Well, dude, I no, no, song, man. That, I feel no, no. It, I think is he sits in that same place as like Glenn Campbell. Yeah. You know, because okay. like I and I would listen to like Glenn and Harry like in the same breath as like all the classic up country players. Right. So they they fit in the same playlist like. Your Tutu's car had the same six albums, and there's gonna be one Holly guy in there. Who's uh, it gonna be? Who's it gonna be, sister? Harry <laughs> Nilsson. Yeah, seriously. But I mean, like, okay, number one, I always associate that song with Midnight Cowboy, which is a terrible way for a it young is. for a young person to associate. That but song. like, and then half those guys aren't really into that. I mean, look at what most of the like country lifestyle tribute is inside of the sound of it. Right. And, like, I'll, when you get away from like. The, the like the slack key players and the guitarists and everything like what's the sound the sound is even even in the male singers it's an homage to the women you know mm-hmm. that's why like the falsetto is king that's one thing that like i always loved about like upcountry guys is there was like no shame in playing the whole space of the spectrum of sound so like when i would go like play mainland like there was like a dry period where people were, like yeah you know, people like you don't sound like that do that like bruh that's a that's a, like you don't that's a, like no nah, dude hey i could be at a rodeo in lakeside and people go are you mexican son i go no hawaiian bro and they go really why they wear them cowboy hats out there i didn't know that and then but then you get to give them one history lesson which is good you get to tell them that i eat kind yeah. of purdy and <laughs> all the others you get to tell them about being portuguese rolling in the hay and then going yeah. down the I still have the story about how uh, the ranchers used to uh, herd the cattle into the ocean with the sharks all around. Mm. I heard stories about that. <laughs> how true is that? How uh, true is that? that but that's, see, that's like before I was born type of stuff. That's so like you, back when you could run stuff down. I don't know. Like these Malkut to Makai memories are a long di- I mean, like my grandfather used to talk about like take the horses down McKenna. You know, you yeah. just cut all the way down. And then, you know, you stay out there. And then, like, in a lot of cases for him, he never really said that he went swimming, you know, too much. He was, like, dip the feet no, in the you water. No, the horse. No, but it was just more of the fact that, like, he'd get out the, the horse and he could just go, like, rest his feet. And then he just, it was kind of like the bath before the bath, you know? It's like the equi- the only equivalent in, in them times of uh, sitting in a hot tub, you know? So that was his equivalent. He'd go out, he'd stare out at the ocean, maybe catch sunset dip feet and then go home you know all right cow cow pahana you know so like very simple guy so like and it was funny because like you know when we rest him in mckenna it was uh it was just that was a part that like i didn't always connect as a kid until i got his full story from all my uncles and my aunts because we you know we got him on the mainland yeah, you know we yeah. lived on the continent with him so long that it was like we never got to see the cowboy he used to be you know so but yeah so I, I, you know, you can already hear, I'm, I'm missing home and I'm already home, so that's, you know. Man. But, 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 we do still have some kind of, like, local things going on, you know? Like, I mean, there's things that go on, but I feel that there's things that, like, should be highlighted and we talk a little more about. So, like, with that being said, um, a lot of people applying for uh, right to carry gun permits in Oahu, apparently. Who? There's an uptick. Well, and seeing that's the thing, you can't always disclose that type of materials. But it's it's the fact that applications are up. Okay, I, I know I know some people who have some guns that are bigger guns than like I would think they would have here. But who wants to carry a gun around in Hawaii? You're talking about open carry, like well, just gun carry, like it just a uh, is it guns is it a regular public, gun permit? You know? 
And yeah. It's like, no, nobody's gonna get a federal concealed anywhere. I mean, shit, man. You gotta be like, you gotta be like a XPI in Virginia, or have an uncle in a law firm that'll like christen you for a weekend for a peace officer's license, so you can go out to Tallahassee and go across the state line into Arkansas and find yourself like some get you deputized, get you deputized, since so you can get your <laughs> sawed-off shotgun and take it out to the fuse and cause justice. Where'd you get that gun? I've been deputized. <laughs> <laughs> deputized for what? Did you get a badge? For for that too didn't get that permit <laughs> they never do they never get that permit bro. <laughs> they, I'm the so, law. so wait so so there's an uptick a dramatic uptick in applications yes to purchase a gun to carry the gun to in public carry the, the gun right in public. to carry yeah. See, that's okay that's the part like i get the maybe the uptick for getting a gun because but I think it's because Things it's lobbied by election season. You know, people are like, hey, you know, it's probably there's probably like some some libertarian candidate going, just keep applying for those guns, man. We need a Second Amendment rights. Keep them alive. Keep them alive. All right, what you going to do with all those guns and you can't get bullets you don't need out to here? You carry a gun in Hawaii. Dude, dude, there are things more deadly than a gun in Hawaii. Dude, have you have you been to the UK? Like, they don't have guns, and there are things that you can die of that you fear far more than guns. I mean, shit, like, they don't even have guns in Japan. Look at what happened to Shinzo Abe. They just take two pipes and then just, like, make a bullet from scratch. Yeah, that was, that, yeah. Yeah, but we'll talk about that more yeah, later. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's but the thing, is, like, you're where You're more likely to die by a wild boar out here than get shot by a gun. Yes, but then the craziest part in gun statistics is you're more likely to be shot by your own gun or someone within your household with a weapon, or their weapon. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it just, I mean, it's operator error is usually a higher cause of. I'm just, death. I'm just curious of who's trying to buy guns to carry around. <laughs> and why? Uh, it's probably like Marine Corps transplants that listen to way too much like Man in Black on their Spotify radio. Could be. Yeah. Young Billy Joe, if you're listening, don't take your guns to town, son. Don't take your guns to town. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, too. Isn't it, isn't it Kitty Rogers song? <laughs> No, that's don't, um, oh, no, that's don't bring your love. That's not, yeah, that's Ruby. That's Ruby. Yeah, Ruby. Don't bring yeah, your no, love. Yeah, no, that, that that's about like PTSD in Vietnam. Okay, that, that's <laughs> yeah. a whole different conversation. Well, t- tangent. they're almost they're on the same playlist though. <laughs> yeah, playlist. no, 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 no. That that's uh, Johnny Cash. That's more his no, ballad was, years. Johnny Cash was "Don't Take Your Kids, Don't Take Your Guns to Town." Okay, Johnny yeah. Cash, don't yeah. take your guns down. Yeah. So Kenny Rogers is a lover. Yeah. Johnny Cash. Is well, a lover. I wouldn't always call Kenny Rogers a lover. I mean, come on, some of those songs <laughs> that like, I mean, Coward of the County. That's a graphic song. That is. You know, and look, someone I'm going to tell you, as someone who owned the karaoke business for nine years, that is probably one of the weirdest. Because you were asking me about, like what songs that like you know I can't stand to hear anymore, but I really don't like hear the songs anymore after like having done that for nine years of my life. So like really the the thing for me is like weirdest choices of songs well that's like that that's that's one of those songs where if you didn't really listen to it before and then you got up there and decided i'm gonna sing coward of the county kenny rogers because it's country and i can do that and you get about midway through and you're like oh, oh. and then you're like it's 2022 now i have to put a rape trigger warning before Wait i sing this song <laughs> they, they had their way with her what no. Yeah. No. Bro. Well, and see, you that's couldn't the thing. hear a dime click when the when when you lock the door. Yeah. <laughs> he just like door. you know, and that's like, the thing. It's like oh, all those descriptors and like how like heavy in your head it is, and then if and then if it's one of those moments where there's a lull in the crowd and everybody's looking at the screen and they all just get quiet. When the audience gets quiet during karaoke, it's either they're revering something or they're watching a train wreck. That's that's like the moment of. Uh, 
Arrested Development where they sing Afternoon Delight where he sang yes. with his with yes. his. Uh... You know what? I have a real scenario like that. No. Yeah, there was a, there was a there was a there was a there was like a. <laughs> 30-something guy who brought in his, like, 60-year-old mom for her birthday, and, like, she just, like, dad's been out of the picture for a decade, and she doesn't date, so then, like, she's like, oh, just sing me some songs, but then, like, he gets up there, and he's singing nothing but, like, the most awkward love songs ever to his mom, like, bless his heart for thinking about his mama, but, like, dude, you do not want to be walking around in some like low town gin joint where everybody knows your name and then like be the first kid to show up in a blue moon under 40 and they go oh who are you and then you're like you're trying to introduce your mom but then but then like you go put a song in and then you go sing like this song and then at the end of it you go i love you mom happy birthday <laughs> that gosh darn girl is mine nope 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 nope, nope. I'm, I'm gonna give you three chances to guess what was the worst song he sang to his mother on his birthday karaoke uh sexual healing nope Okay, um, can't get enough of your love, baby. No, 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 no. Um, let's see, then I'm going to go with... I don't think you'll get it. Oh, man. This is last chance. Oh, last man, day. I'm feeling the pain. Last dance. I'm feeling the pain. Yeah, I can't get it. Hold on. Nope, can't get it. Soft cell. Tainted love? Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Yes, and then it was so awkwardly quiet afterwards, they paid their bill and they left. True story, bro. That was like the first year I started doing karaoke on the uh, on the continent. Yeah. Don't touch me, please. I yeah. cannot stand the way you And then she came out. Tease. Yeah. Love you, Mom. Yep. No, but then she came, She while he was singing it, she came out and she was just like soft shoeing like she was at a Cure concert or something like that. Like, it's just like, if they would stay around 10 minutes longer, he'd be like, you know, singing Friday, I'm in love with her. Yeah, yeah, it was awkward. It, but and there's been more awkward things. But I'd say that was like the most outstanding awkward in like my love first American year. American style. Like I seriously, like I, I felt that the movie duets was pretty spot on. Yeah, you would, you would have good insight. On, I, on I lived at least. I gotta say, at least like ninety percent of that movie in, in like my near decade of owning a karaoke company. Yeah. Well, if you can't tell by my singing just now that I was, I was that guy who would, who'd <laughs> slip himself in between the really good singers and then just quickly walk away. I like how we went from uh, Second Amendment rights to, to karaoke blowouts. <laughs> well, look, they're both rights. Okay, we have the right to sing karaoke. And we have the right to carry a gun. Gosh darn it. I don't think you have a constitutional right to karaoke. I'd have to check the constitution. I don't, I don't have a good constitution. I mean, in that can, no, that kind of falls under free speech, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Karaoke's free speech? Yeah, Karaoke's there you go. Totally you got your First speech. Amendment right to karaoke. Yeah. There you go. Yep. I'll just go, that's my church. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Constitutional rights. We need to check the constitution of some of the people are trying to express I, You them. know what? <laughs> I think sometimes that I just need to read like the constitution <laughs> and then just put it out there so that way it's on repeat blasting. Like, I mean, maybe one day when we get the AM radio station up, I'll just make that like the 6 a like the 4 a.m. broadcast, like, we now end our broadcast day. And they're like, good morning, fuckers. Here's your constitutional check for the morning. 10th Amendment, bruh. You have the right for shit right here. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, actually, I think it'd be a good series. Yeah, no, you just make it that boring thing like before yeah. we actually like, before the Aloha Kaka this is your, show. This is your um, amendment of the day. This yeah. is your word of the day. And then this is your amendment of the day. No, because normally, like, back in the day, they would have that, like, three hours of the American flag flying. Yeah. But maybe I just made it three hours of, like, C-SPAN level stuff. So that way, like, you know. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think it'd be good. Be we, down, need, yeah. we need info. If I'm up sometimes. that late. Yeah. Or early. 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 Usually early on set. Yeah. So. But, you know, I, I think... What have we so, been talking about? Well, well, you know, actually, you know what's kind of been getting at me lately? You know, let's get back to reality for a moment. Let's get away from the fun of life. Let's go back to, the, you know, um, I, I feel that as I get ready for the primaries, that there's a lot of things that I've been noticing that, like, in the sense of, like, campaign strategy methods from those running from the, the gubernatorial level all the way down to the council, um, you know? At some points in time, I kind of wish I had a comptroller to interview because that'd probably be easier than some of these guys who are hacking it. Uh, I gotta say, major props though to the guys uh, who, uh, you know, brothers and the sisters who are um, sign waving on the street and uh, you know waking up early morning risers and like trying to connect with the people before they go to work. I think seeing like who can bring the most out in physical is the most important now. Uh, people really don't understand the dynamics of like data on the internet and then also people inflate data in their head you know because that's the thing is like i know how many of you folks are listening out there all right so i know how many fuckers are tried and true and actually come back every week because i get you know anonymous ip data so i don't know your, your name and your face unless you you know like to comment or dm or anything but like i know I, you know i know where the clicks are coming from you know i'm no dummy on that but like and that's the thing is like i don't think in a lot of cases because these are campaigns that run themselves you know a lot of mm -hmm. them don't have high-end campaign managers especially local you know people running like they don't think on that higher scale they're just like oh yeah i got an instagram i don't make an instagram right you know you know who's out there waving all the time who teres amato <laughs> that sign i you know hey look i haven't interviewed her yet but you know i gotta i gotta She's ask got multiple hand waving I, signs. Yeah, hand wa i gotta say that's the wacky waving inflatable tube guy of what like i seriously I it. it's 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 genius it like is. I, but like I don't want to say that I don't know her campaign, but I will have to say whoever thought that that would be the thing to just be like with the little tomato and the arm yeah. wave, but I was that, like that was my most Mayberry sign I seen. I was like she put some like Rust Belt level yeah. like I'm politicking type of sign. But, but now I don't know if I pronounce her last name Amato or Amato. How much you want to bet she got one like silly jingle for the radio? Amato, Amato, the same on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Maybe that's, maybe that's the strategic. Let's vote the system. I'm not endorsing candidates, but that I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Look, you put a tomato next to your last name, Amato, and Well, and she puts tea, big T. So and then Amato, and then there's Tomato. Well, I, I is know. it tomato or tomato? Is it tomato? That's or why tomato? we sing songs about it, bro. I think that this is just a code switch. You I know? think you already learned not to make me sing. <laughs> <laughs> we're never gonna escape that. There are two things we're never gonna escape: is maybe making you a, like anxiously sing on air in person and the ever dancing grass. Ever dancing grass. <laughs> uh, but here's a question. Okay, here's a question though. Signage, right? Yeah. So. A lot of signs all around, always around this time of year. Yeah. Right? How impactful are those? Do those uh, really well, work? billboards are important because you have to touch the back of a person's brain in order to be a thought. Like most people don't realize how long it takes on a pitch, and then people don't also understand like how long exposure to a subject needs to happen. How many times you gotta touch their brain before you even get into their brains? Because mm -hmm. it's it's really it's a suggestive method to get there. Right. You know, and like, so, I mean, I say this to people that understand it, and I say this to people who don't, like, the, the, the thing that you need to think about really in your signage is how high-vis readable it is for anybody at any speed. So that's where, like, or it is so iconic in its artwork 
that people know it's you. So, like, case in point, like, you can tell a Bisson and a Victorino sign from driving just, up from away. because like, font. Well, and that's the thing. is like, yeah. Victorino's got the game in the middle of the night because you'd be driving around in the dark and be like, oh, what's all that fucking lime green shit? <laughs> it's like, ah. You know? So it's like, ah, great, uncle. I go crash my car, but you might get my vote because you've implanted it in my brain. Not yeah, an endorsement. Like you blink, you blink but, and you still see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like someone put one highlighter all over the road. But but then you got Bisson, who's got the colors and the scheme and the triangles and all that shit. So then people know that even like when they can't read it, his imagery is so succinct that they can see it so then when you have people and then that's the funny part about candidates who create signs that represent homages to bigger candidates Mm -hmm. because you show you see how they're influenced by them so then like you can tell who's a trump republican or who's a moderate or progressive republican and then who's like a freaking serial communist liberal or who's just like i want everybody to get along kumbaya liberal you know? By the basic graphics and the fonts they choose, and exactly color, color because it posters. shows it shows where they're exposed. So what's the sign that they saw the most? It, I can tell you what candidates for mayor obviously voted for Trump because they're using signage like it. I can tell you which ones are obviously like they would vote blue, but they're not running as a Democrat because they're a nonpartisan seat because their signage style. Because right. Republicans and Democrats have certain signage styles. But nonpartisan candidates who are smart, hint, hint, are dynamically new and different because the problem is, is you have signage that looks like Trump in a nonpartisan race, you're going to disenfranchise your entire voting community. So if you really want to prove that you got the ability to represent your entire constituency, you need to be able to look like yourself and you need to look fresh. So ditch them colors, bro. So you need to think about like, do I look like Nancy Pelosi? Do I look like Donald Trump? Do I like, you shouldn't look like any of those. You should be you, you fucker. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Be yourself. Yeah. Always be yourself. Always be yourself. And you can't be yourself. Be Batman. Yeah. That's at least the mantra amongst the nerds. That's what I grew up with. You know. All right. Yeah, yeah. Damn straight. But no, I like, I think that there's a lot <laughs> of things that they need to take in, in kind for their, not, not just the signage. I thought that, that was a great thing for you to bring up. But, like, I, I you know, it, to finish off the note on signage, like, uh, one, manage your Apollo. Because if yes. you lose, don't be yes. one sole loser. Go pick up your trash. All right? Please. So, yeah, that's that. I think that's a hard thing. But then there's also, um, I think some people don't understand readability. So even if you're going to, like, oh, I like these colors or whatever or I'm a... You know, I'm a Trump candidate, or I, I'm I'm a blue candidate. I'm just, you know, I'm just a weird green state weirdo. You know, anyone does. I don't care. I don't care. Pick one of them. Pick one of the, like the 180 rate, uh, freaking uh, uh, parties in America. That like, I mean, there's more than like 170 something. It's almost 180 parties registered in America besides the Republican and Democrat party. People don't realize it, and they could be running as those and listing themselves properly and learning how to hack the system. And also, nonpartisan candidates need to learn to just register as independent to keep the independent systems alive and then just only advertise because they're nonpartisan. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where they're at on the ballot. So where you're registered has no effect where on the ballot because it's a nonpartisan race. So think about you know your community first. Like, if you really want to be different than the other Republicans, then go find a party that suits your needs instead of just, like, splitting about a party. Like, why not just vote split on behalf of a better party in your mind? Like, I have no problem with vote splitting because that's that's really what makes a tango on primaries. And people don't realize that. Like, I think that that's the other thing that comes back to numbers 
when you think about like how much people inflate numbers in their head. So it's like when I look at certain campaigns, I'm like, these guys don't convert on social media. But oh look, they sign. They got lots of signs, so they got good in person. They know how to handshake, you know. Yeah, and that's the the what you were saying earlier though. The people getting out there, waving, getting you know, getting their that's supporters value. on the ground. That's yep. the, Yo, and then that's the other thing that brings you know what that's what that's what I wanted to pivot to in this conversation was campaign finance. You know, I think that asking for money is a very important thing in running a campaign because you need to be able to grease the wheels of creation and the fight in a lot of cases because some little candidates need to be able to just set aside the time. So I think in the case of like you have to be able prepared to at least take care of yourself to a degree while you're on the road. You need to make some money there. And at least like the closest people that are giving up enough of their life to where it's beyond volunteering, Mm -hmm. then you need to be paying those people. But I think a campaign needs to be more volunteer driven. I mean, look at, look at epic campaigns, whether you vote that way or not, like, (laughs) like campaigns like Nixon and JFK ran the way they did because their grad, their grassroots was far greater. They're a person to person, their handshake value of how many people they could get out on the lawn in the morning waving a sign. Those are the people that are going to make a difference and upset the voting system. And then, you know, and then that's the thing. And it's also, you know, it's, it, but it, but they, it's sad in a lot of cases because these candidates do need the money, but then their ask systems are poorly put together. Like we're not going to name some names on ask systems because I really don't want to like drive people through the mud on that one. I'll make fun of your signs a little bit. Uh, I might call you out as news comes out about you. Uh, oh, some candidates on coin. Controversy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. Uh, no, so, but I think that like, you know, the ask systems, um, some people just, they're either getting the wrong campaign manager or they don't know how to stick out their hand. They don't know how to be, especially in this culture. Because, like, California, like, you could easily, like, do it every day, like, send you an email, send you a push, send you a thing. People in California are like, oh, God, all right, just take my money, go away, just keep it blue or whatever. But then, like, out in a community like this, you know, on an island, you kind of eventually know everybody or at least know someone who knows someone who knows everybody. Like, the fist bump value out here is very high compared to the mainland. Like, you have a better chance of knowing everybody on Maui than you do everyone in L.A. Well, yeah. Yeah. I lived in L.A. growing up, and I barely know anybody in L.A. Yeah, you know a neighborhood. You just know a hood. That's it. California, we just know a hood. And then maybe you might visit another hood because you got cousins in that hood. So, like, I know where all the Hawaiian hoods are because, like, I grew up in those in the Samoan ones and the Filipino ones. But, like, it's just, like, you don't know anything outside of your, just your concrete neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know? Because it just, you're segregated like that, you know, whether by money or by force. Don't even know yeah. your neighbors in LA at most places. Well, not even out here sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm surprised at how many neighbors don't know each other out here anymore. But then again, they brought that from the continent. Because mm-hmm. yeah, how many people don't talk to? And then it takes them like ten years to open up. And it's like, bro, we could have been best friends. It's when forever. they realize they ran out of sugar. Yeah. And well, like, yo, go ask the neighbor who. What's their names? I don't. I don't know, but just ask them if they have some. Yeah. No. And then I feel a lot of head cannoning happens because then people get into awkward scenarios with new neighbors and look who's moving into the neighborhood type of stuff because you know peeking through the window getting out in the LA yeah exactly I used the word ah, you used, used the, the word. word take a drink oh, uh, yeah. water today yeah, thank you I said maybe yeah, another time it'll be beers or something I learned I learned that word ah look at you go around <laughs> <laughs> get on with your bad self 
Um, but no, but campaign strategy. I mean, I think that there's the ask needs to be a little more humble, you know. Like, I really think that, especially since because everybody's texting culture out here, like, except for the young kids, isn't very grammatically correct. I mean, I've seen how the adults text out here. I've seen the handwriting of adults out here. All right, come on, guys. Even the rich guys need to get this shit together, bro. Learn some cursive, maybe. You impress me. (laughs) (laughs) I want everything. I want all of your candidate articles submitted in... in uh, proper pen ink from an inkwell that you had to extract yourself, and then like. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you have your India ink uh, well and your. And then it must be stamped with a royal seal to be officially submitted. I right, see. So you know, get in. No. <laughs> Sounds kind of reminiscent of somebody who couldn't get his money in on time because he doesn't have a filed form. Oh, that happened. <laughs> that it did, did happen. You know, that kind of counts in the political news. We should kind of talk about that to a degree. Because everybody is kind of like wondering about that thing. Is you know, that going to affect his campaign? We, you know, is it going to affect Kai Kahele's campaign? You know, I haven't talked to Kai yet. I haven't talked to BJ yet. I would be excited to talk to both of them. I'm going to reach out to the offices again. We kind of had this like hit and miss. And then like I found that the mailer systems. That, and that's another campaign thing to bring up. All you fuckers go put up this email with uh, uh, the elections office, and then you don't tell or remind your campaign manager what your base email is that everybody should be contacting you on that you put out there. So when we go and look for that information, go, oh, I like talk to this candidate, and I'll go through. Because it ends up on an email that's not running because then they, like, two weeks later change it to the campaign email that they just bought. Right. Yeah. So uh, check your other inboxes and make sure to forward that shit to your new mailer system. I will. Have your IT department fix that and call me. Let me get you on the air. But no, I like, so like, yeah. So with Kai, like, that's what confused me. And I'm looking more into this because as I'm trying to understand, like, there is a method for state funding for candidates that if you keep your donation amounts under a certain threshold, like, as in, like, the per person giving you, like, five to a hundred dollars and it stays under that, then the state will match dollar for dollar up to a certain amount. It's like $280,000 or something like that. So, like, the trick is, is, like, you got to be able to get a quarter million dollars, and then you, like, you know. But, um, the, but, you know, there's this tedious application process, but you would think that, like, again, what some people are commenting on the feeds out there is, like, hey, you're going to run for governor, and you can't do this, like, you know. But it's like, but then we go, all right, kids, he's running for the executive branch and you're asking him to know legislative shit. Is he really going to get it? Because half of these, half these guys who run the executive branch just know how to like fucking steamroll through and try to like immediately make things happen. Because a lot of these guys just like promising tomorrow today because they think they can from the executive side, you know, and then they don't realize they got a lomi lomi for two years before they're going to get the right thing done. You know, or we can end up with egg in our face and a monorail to nowhere, like one shitty Simpsons episode. I'm still waiting for that song to happen. Like, uh, to the TikTokers of Oahu, please, can I see the Simpsons monorail song? For <laughs> right? Yes. Monorail. Oh, monorail. 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 <laughs> yep. When that will finally get finished? What? Uh, no, it's a stairway to heaven, and we're never gonna buy it, bro. <laughs> like, but that but the thing is, I am pro public transportation. I'm super public transportation. I think it's necessary for the safety of our planet. I think we waste too many resources making cars. I think it's cool that we have electric cars now, but I think that cars should 
ultimately be a thing of the past. Like, I think it's better, like, get a boat, take the bus. That's it. Those should be your, your two weapons of choice. Is I get I got the ocean, I got the ocean, and then like I ride the bus with everybody else. I mean, yeah, I gotta get up country downhill, so yeah, yeah. fuck. Sometimes but I gotta Google be on like getting a boat. Yeah, exactly. But no, but that's the thing, is like I actually you know how many guys I know up country they oh, like yeah. I got a boat to come oh, up, yeah. but then they'll totally like carpool to get down because they ain't gonna fucking put gas in that F three fifty every day. Yeah. Guys with the Yoda get good gas mileage because there's really nothing under the hood. <laughs> That's one fake Yoda, bro. They're all fake Yodas. <laughs> Unless they get one special, Sandy. Um, <laughs> but no, so like Kai in this thing, like we're, we're going to look into this more because a lot of the anties talking on Facebook about this, like, hey, why are you not putting the papers and get the thing? You said you was going to do the thing. I mean, I get it. If you don't submit like a basic form for your campaign and you're expected to run a very high department for your state. Are people going to trust that you're going to be like... Yeah, because even if it's not you that's supposed to it's put still that the people in... people who work Yeah, for so who are you choosing in your cabinet? Mmm, executive issues. Yeah. But I think that that's a huge problem with most of the executive candidates. I think across the board, most executive candidates are ill-prepared. They are. They've, they've all got something wrong with them. I will say the legislative candidates, by and large, are probably the most secure in Akamai in the entire, like, if you want to, like, really, like, focus, focus on your legislators, because mm-hmm. they handle far more important stuff. Like, the executives are going to go wave in the crowd, cut one ribbon, and then maybe show up council meeting and go, I like that idea. We're going to make it law. Tell them it's a law. And then they also come out and go, I like to nominate this uh, free Hagaloha day. You know, so it's like free hug aloha day. I don't know, but like you, oh, you know that'd be a fun rabbit hole to go down. Is we figure out how to institute a day by way of like an executive branch. You can do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, we we get movies we turned into holiday. We gotta figure out what the day is gonna be. Dude, we got Finding Ohana Day out here. Did you know that? Yeah. When it came out, we got Finding Ohana Day. Yeah, like you can you can get random I don't holidays. Know what that means. It means you still got to go to work and you don't get holiday pay. But we made one but, movie out here and it went on Netflix and we're proud of it. <laughs> but do you, do you have to like, do you, are you required to watch the movie on that day? Is it? I guess if there's one barbecue and you're invited, at least bring something potluck. Redondos. Red dogs for the win, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that I endorse. You don't even have to pay me to endorse those. I, I'd eat them on air and go, hey, bro, what's eating? Redondos. They don't even pay me, bro. Love you, bro. <laughs> Um, but so, I don't know. Do we have any other thoughts on like campaign strategy? What are, hey, what are things that bug you for someone who's been out here longer while I've been on my rum springer disappear for two decades? Like, what do you think that like from your long lived perspective out here, like what stands out to you the most in the races? What kind of like grinds your gears in the sense of could they be doing this better? Or like, are people really listening? Are people any equality? You know, like in that sense of like, I believe that most executive candidates are kind of faulty and most legislative candidates kind of know what they're doing but then like what's from your perspective yeah i i don't know if i have a lot on that side of things but i would definitely say it seems to me from my perspective a lot of candidates stick with their little circle of influence and they they campaign within their circle of influence but aside from signage like i mentioned earlier i don't see and maybe it's because there isn't a good source until like what you've started doing with rabbit holes, like a good source to actually learn about any of the candidates mm. because I see the signs a lot of times, but I don't know. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're pushing for. I don't know what they're, unless I have to go do it myself, which I do. 
but I think most of the people out here, they're just going to go with a sign that they connect with or they're going to go with, oh yeah, I know that person because they know this person. And so I don't think we have a good opportunity to really learn about the candidates and what they do, aside from like what you've started doing with rabbit holes. I think we might have to do some man on the street interviews with these people too. Just to, like I think maybe more than anything else, I'd love to talk. I think at this point it's like before the primaries. I mean, if I can get the shit together, because like I mean, in transition, moving, getting everything ready for Comic Con, all that stuff. I'm still trying to like get everything hammered out with receiving said interview documents from each of these candidates but um and then i kind of like started pacing some of them because i'm like oh some of these candidates will probably stick it to primaries incumbents etc so i'm like okay like i really need to get the ones that are like first time runners might get eked out by the primaries because we really need to learn their information more than anything else because like i think vote splitters are important to primaries you really want to upset like an election look at who the vote splitters are yeah. You know? And so it's just like I really I, I like I, I can call a duck a duck, you know. Like I think that like if I was to call it on the Maui race, like we're gonna see like Bisson and Victorino going head to head. But I'm telling you, mayoral candidates, you really want you wanna take on the whale and beat Victorino or someone like that, like you gotta you'd have to take on Bisson. That's I think yeah. that's really where yeah. it's at. Like, I mean, I am, I'm letting them all duke it out because I, I'm really like, like I said, I'm not impressed by all the executive candidates. I think each of them have a little fire in them that's important and could cause change. But I think as executive leaders, they need to understand that they're, they, how much they are checked by their other branches and how much they have to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Because I think whether like, I fully support young candidates. I think the younger, the better, because having a mayor you can teach is better than a mayor with old dog tricks. But then there are some old mayors who finally learn right to do things. So there is a little bit of that in all of them, whether young or old, that I'm noticing. You know, the the sample of the calabash ain't too bad, but, like, some of them just, uh, you know, a couple appetizers short of one local mocha plate, so. Yeah. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see uh, the candidates going around, like, the back of a Tacoma with a big megaphone, talking about their campaign. We will not take away your guns. Vote so-and-so. Yeah. Save the babies. Vote system. Old school style. You know, yeah, just driving around, yeah. streamers flying behind them. They also need to get campaign songs. I mean, we're a radio state, yeah. so like, you should be like, vote for mail, vote for mail, vote for mail. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Like it. Yeah, no. I think, I think that that's the other thing is like, I think some candidates are going to stand out better because they, uh, they're noticing the right advertisement methods. Like, yeah. you want that youth yeah. vote? Go advertise on YouTube, kids. Like, yep, yep that, that YouTube is where, where it's going to be at if you want to get the youth vote because that's where all the kids are. Like, they're migrating off of Snapchat. They're not completely into Instagram. They also know how to see through most social media ads. So what you really need to do is learn how to push your YouTube videos to them. Not a YouTube ad, but push your content channel. And then also learn how to draft and design content that is legacy like evergreen to the point where it's not necessarily just your politicking but it's it's you as a person that you're selling you know and i and i think that that's what really stands through but i mean i that's a i think that that's a subject we're gonna be really talking about for the rest of the election season but we got a lot to talk about on the continent and the world around us so we'll be back for more right after a word from newsly moving forward We live in a family. 
fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Moving forward. crazy place sometimes it's on fire <laughs> sometimes it's bright and shiny and god only knows what it is some days because we can't parse the data all at once can we i don't know what it is it's a confusion <laughs> i like it's, it's like a, con- yeah yeah it's like a skittles bag that you find an m&m in yes oh my god that's that that is that is, that is even better than like that. That is beyond American ennui for me. That's like a how you confuse. That's like like is there is there a word is there is, there's got to be a phrase in another language that that English just can't figure out. You know how we have like Germans so, have words for all of those things. Oh yeah, the yeah. Japanese do yeah. like the French. I mean, I know a lot of like French ones. Like I mean, like I'd say probably my favorite is is falling upstairs. You know, l'esprit d'escalier. You know, that's probably falling upstairs. Yeah, yeah. The feeling of falling upstairs, and then there's also that like feeling of want to like fly away and like be a balloon type of thing to just like jump off of everything. Is there a feeling of like you're sitting back in your chair and you're teetering back and you can't like you might fall backwards or you just might stay balanced? That there's probably like some Swedish word for that. Yeah, I'm probably sure. You know, but then the Japanese have like kigurumi, which is not just an art form, but the expression itself of just like piecing oneself together. It's like kigurumi is essentially like. The Theseus paradox of existence of like, is this ship still the same ship, even if we put it back together with gold? No. Yes. No. Wait. Ask Buddha. Is it still a ship? (laughs) I have to say, I have to say the same thing about the QAnon movement. Is it still a Q? <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the letter Q. If, if Q changes <laughs> and it's still a non, is it still QAnon? Well, see, but that's the thing. And or it's is so, it whoanon? It's well, I think everybody's finally that's figuring it. out the who is of it, you know, because like I, I feel that like the HBO documentary really hit it on the head that it's you yeah. know it really was yeah. the son, but then the father kind of turned it into his own monster because it's like I own it, and then his son just kind of like walked away like ah, I started the father made the world burnt like mm-hmm. secretly. Bye, if we Felicia. were to yeah, if we were to get a new who didn't start the fire or a new who let the dogs out, he's the guy. He let yep. the dogs out. He started the fire. Like <laughs> get rid of him now. Like and so like I think because it I mean. The QAnon movement is very much a vocal minority. You have a fractured, like, 3 to 5% of the world that just doesn't realize how much they've been gaslit into mistruths, miscommunications, misinformation, and that they have been consuming 
just heretical material, like zealotry without real information, that just keywords. And then that's really the thing is you have to watch out for, like, when you're watching for, like, dystopian leadership is, like, are you really getting the message or are you just getting excitement? Are they getting in the KFAB? You know, and that's why I, like, really try to use that KFAB politics term in the new age is, like, is it a show, bro? Are you really saying this just because you know a word salad that can get me to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he knows me, he understands he does. Well, that's that's my favorite thing with word salad politics is is everybody's seeing what's going on right now, and it's really not good, and nobody likes it, and we can go ahead and take care of this, we can fix this, and that's what I'm planning on doing, is, is doing exactly what you want to see. But you have no idea what the hell they were just talking about. No, they don't have the it's time. It's like, oh, there's a problem, and they agree with it, and they're going to fix it. What was the problem again? I don't, oh, there's I a lot of that. Like, I find that, like, no matter what side of dissonance in politics, there's always someone on either side that can easily just, like, start talking. And you heard it in some of the interviews I had. Yeah. I would ask a very direct question, and it would turn into them automatically pivoting to what they wanted to talk about. And that's another thing to worry about candidates is how much of, like, pre-narrative do they have? Yeah. And then they're not willing to shift it for the needs of the conversation or the people. But, like, back to the conversation of QAnon, it's like, so the Q drops have resumed, but um, most of the forum is worried if it's not really Q. But then they're, like, they're also coming to terms with, oh, who has access to the Q account? And then, obviously, the father-son do, but, like, the son's not. And then, so then he's, like... You know, he's posting, but then, like, they also, like, they're, what, they're... What are they posting on? So, so they have, so... Is it their original Q site of well, what, so 4chan? So, 4chan to 8chan to 8kun to et cetera, all those things. So, like, the end result forum now, it, like, the guy who originally, like, created it and then more or less packaged it and sold it to them, he's out of the equation. He was, like, the center of the HBO documentary. Yeah. Like, he was really I good wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And that's where, like, he really helps to me sell and understand like those two are Q. Those two are the only real Qs that have been around the entire time. There's no other person there's it's not some secret clearance cleared fucking per- like seriously here's the thing that you gotta ask yourself. If someone has competency for an ultra secret clearance in the United States government, do you think they know how to fucking spell on the internet? Because half of the Q drops in the beginning were obviously a fucking twenty two year old kid lulling the world because it was so rife with spelling errors, grammatical inaccuracy, uh, uh, issues in the context of using uh, clearance phrases and other other jargon from the industry. Yeah, so I- he said buzzwords that made people think. And then the thing is, is like his scripting was no better than a Nigerian prince. That was the plan. That's to throw you off, Kavik. <laughs> <laughs> sure, man. Nothing sure. you think you know. <laughs> it's all a facade right but so um in in like breaking the facade so it turns out some people started making uh jabs and haze lines over at at the the dad who's still running the damn forum and then they they trash talked him and then I guess he was still he still had his the Q account open and he responded as Q and then he ripped it down and tried to play it off, but like everybody saw it, 
So then, like, the forum just actively just started screaming bloody murder because they're like, we've been waiting this whole time for our Messiah to come back, and he's not here, and it was you, and it's not really you. It was really somebody else all along. But, Bring him back. Okay, but here's a question. Yeah. So what if it was him? Well, and see, that's the thing, because... They, they still believed everything he said, so do believe, they no longer believe it? And that's, and that's the hardest part about rejecting reality for these people. Right. Because they're going to keep rejecting reality because it's the only thing that keeps their paradigm in check. So they're, they're at a psychological break stage. They either have to accept and move on that this was all hogwash and they need to get their shit together or they just need to double down on crazy. And at some points, like, I can respect either or because it's like, all right, well, at least the fucker got convictions, you know? But like, are they good ones? No. 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 So, like, but, like, I, I kind of, like, I was hoping that this would eventually happen. At least there's a divide now. At least there's enough people. But then at the same time, how many of these people showed up en masse thinking that, like, JFK or JFK Jr. or whatever was, like, going to rip out of a freaking Donald Trump skin suit, like, Eobard Thawne ripping out of The Flash in a comic book? <laughs> Which, actually, they did that recently on The Flash with, with, with Reverse Flash ripping through a, a time mirage, whatever, like, timeline correction of himself. And he's just, blah, back to life. Did, did he fix the world? No, he didn't, because he's a bad guy. Damn just it. like you. He was a bad guy. Like, guys, come on. It's simple as that. Like, this guy was a moron. He misled you. This, here's the best thing. This is the remedy for all the QAnoners. Just silently put the Kool-Aid down and walk away. You don't have to tell nobody. Like, just go to your local church and just, like, go confession and then do your Hail Marys and then just move on with your life and then silently in five years start making sense again in public. You don't have to like publicly make sense and then people go, oh, I got his shit together. Just just stop talking crackpot tinfoil. Like this is bad. Like this anti-vaxxer movement is bad, okay? Like people don't understand how much the state is vaccinated. It's good. It's, 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 it's moving on. How much the rest of the world is already reopened. Like I feel that there's a lot of like locals and Kanakas that don't leave the rock ever. They always stuck in the puka and then they don't understand like, because there's such a bad news cycle coming back to from the mainland that they, they don't realize that the world's already moved on. I feel like we're always in apocalypse mode in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, someone has come from far away to tell us. Like, I feel like that's, that's half the reason it's why a, I started the show. It's embedded in the culture now, right? It's, yeah. Is we have to wait for somebody else to come and tell us. Yeah, bring do. news. What? We have, to, we have to wait for the telegraph to come in so then that way the Western Union boy can spread the news across town. <laughs> that's, yeah. But there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of societies like that. Like, my, you know, there was an article recently about the Russian community. Like, Russians need to be told what to do from their leaders. Like yeah, they've been programmed to yes. do that generation after yes. generation, generation. And so, generation. and I think that that's the hard disconnect between the multiple generation gaps that we have in America. Because, like, look at like the consistency of countries at large. Because when you really look at like the micro generations of America versus like the long standing generations of like China, like cultural shift takes longer in China and Japan. So a generation could be like fifty years because oh, wow. you have multiple age groups that are together. Think about this: like early age of man, pre industrialization. You call like technically everybody in the Stone Age is the same generation because they're gonna have the same struggle on rinse and repeat for the next two hundred years until they figure out fire. 
Also, because they only live to about 23. Exactly. So it's just yeah. like puppies. How long until like that, that data is embedded? How long before like you have a kid who knows how to program a VCR the day they're born, and that turns into someone who has a kid that knows how to build a computer the day they're born, and then that turns into a kid who knows how to like drive the second they come out of womb or fucking navigate <laughs> outer great. space. How many kids How many kids know about age to age to stick their hand to the sky and make their way across the ocean? And how long did that take us as a race of people? And then we lost that. Yep. And then we trying to renegotiate, bring that back. That's what you're saying. It's not anymore. Exactly. Yep. So how do we bring those things back in the right doses? But like, and how do we get rid of those bad habits that are getting in the way? All these yeah. colonial infections. But then you like get Q. things like Q. Exactly. That they start reinforcing. Yeah. The the reinforcing the lack of advancement. Yes, because they don't realize that because this this guy is causing all this trouble. And he's he's causing trouble in areas where people don't understand, so they get easily excited. So it's it's chicken little, mm-hmm. really. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that the I, I think that a lot of these folks don't understand. We want to we're really relate it to the most simplest parable that anybody should know. It's it's the sky is falling method. Mm-hmm. So you rely on oh my god the media is coming you know, and then everybody oh shit we're gonna die right you know like and so once you've hyped that up, it's keeping the hype train running. And that's all really Q was. It was a bunch of hype train, skies falling stuff. And then people bought it, drank it, and learned how to make it on their own. And then that's that's the scary part. Mm-hmm. Is how many people just like willingly create the Kool-Aid. Like, I mean, we, we watched some videos recently together. Some older stuff. Mm-hmm. I showed you long before mm-hmm. Trump even became president. And like how much of the Kool-Aid was already sitting out there. Oh, yeah. That's why yeah. like as a Republican, yeah. I was totally afraid of him from that, the get-go. That pot's been stirring for a long time. Yeah. Yep. Like he was stoking it up. Like how many rallies you could go to and people are like, yeah, this is a Trump rally. Of course I'm racist. Fuck you guys. Like, dude, like seriously. I just flat out. Yeah. 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 They don't, because they don't care because they're in with their own. Yeah. And they're, exactly. just, they're happy to say, yes, I'm racist because that's what they want the other person standing next to them to say. Yeah. Yeah, because they all want to be able to nod their heads, going, "Yep, we're right." Yep, exactly. Everybody else in the which, world is wrong, but we're right. Which is crazy because, like, I seriously don't understand the far, far right in the sense of like, we want our freedom to be assholes and tell you that you have to be okay with us being assholes, and the, but you can't be good people. Fuck you for being good people. Don't even try. Don't even try. Not going to do it. You know, it's like a evil Ross Perot coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't try to be good. Can't be good. Tell you what I'm gonna do right here. I'm gonna write you a check, <laughs> ten million dollars. Let me pull out this uh, dry erase board. I'm gonna show you real quick on how to be good and how to be bad. <laughs> that's 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 a reference that nobody's gonna get anymore. <laughs> like even old people will be like Ross, bro. What the fuck, guys? He did. Wasn't it a dry erase board? He, he explained uh, Ross Rossonomics. Yeah, no, dude. It was like it was like watching the president's uh, NCAA picks, but <laughs> Ross Perot talking. Econ- dude, I remember that because like even like and that's the thing that like I, love I gotta it. say. Like, the younger generation needs to start covering politics more because, like, I remember when I was a kid watching all that on, on Nickelodeon and the way that they covered the politics and everything. It was just, like, watching Amanda Bynes as Ross Perot was probably one of the most... <laughs> like, dude, that's the Amanda Bynes I always want to remember. Not because she's young and a child and whatever and just hold on to that and want to squish it and love it and hope it doesn't become a drug addict one day. No. She had to grow up and be the baddest bitch, whatever. But I am so... Like, I always look back... Like, I consider her as... A, like, I was about the same age as her when she was on television. And I had always like dreamed of like doing variety shows like that. So when I saw someone that like matched on my spectrum, cause I figured like a lot of her content aligned with me. So I'm like, 
maybe she's really in the writer's room with this, or is this just adults writing for kids? But then it kind of was, but then sometimes, like, the kids kind of knew what they were getting, but it was Nickelodeon, so every kid scripted, you know? You know, It's that sad point when you find out, like, every kid who went on the aggro crag and guts was actually a producer's kid, you know? Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple was not kids you knew. It was producer's children because the insurance couldn't pay for a regular kid to jump in a river and face Olmec, the giant stone guardian. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, supermarket sweep can happen because if you slip and break your cole in the fake supermarket times they got on the TV show, then, all right, you're an adult, you signed a waiver. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But anyways, like, man, we, we getting lost. This is a rabbit hole I lost know, in anything. It's but, my you know, fault. It is. It my is. Fault. We take it there. But you know what? I really had to detach from that cute thing. I've had enough about that. Like, we need to move out. Can't give it too much of a platform. Terrible things shouldn't really receive too much of a platform. Just long enough to just shame it. But other things that, like, uh, you know, like, I... I understand people's need and want for, like, trying to create some sensibility of, like, understanding, like, election integrity and stuff like that. But I think that, like, so many people are caught up and not realizing that, like, a lot of this hyperbole from the ultra-right and the oligarchic left. Because, like, in a lot of cases where these drop boxes are being lost and, and ballot systems are being lost is really because you have uh, far-right Republicans that are willingly, like, driving uh, legislation to get rid of it, and then you have dissonant oligarch Democrats who are just like, eh, it's not my care. I'm an incumbent. I'll get those votes. You know, so then they're not even worried about old Grandma Simpson who's got to like write in her ballot and have her kid drive it across town, or if they ever will. And nobody thinks about like the 16 year old kid who's not going to get the day off. I mean, the 18 year old kid, because 16 year old kids can't vote, but like, totally they should be because if they're paying fucking taxes at that age, you know. <laughs> Pay taxes or get drafted at the last second for an apocalypse. Yeah, come on. Uh, but um, but no, but that's the thing. Is like, how many 18-year-old kids wish they could exercise their right to vote, but then they can't show up because they got some like lunch cart job, and they go, would you like one paycheck, or would you like one new president? I like one paycheck. Fuck it, bro. You know, and then they just get, you know, disenfranchised. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that absentee ballot drop boxes are illegal per, like, weird phrasing inside of their law they used a loophole and going oh well the election commission authorized all these drop boxes but the state didn't sign off on it so on the supreme court level we're like justified that they can actually take them out but that's where like people who want better voter access need to understand the bureaucracy in order to hack it and this is where i go back to like local candidates who want to fix things if you really want better voter access you need to change it properly through the legislation so then that way when the dickheads want to rip apart your civic rights to vote and be able to vote as the working class because that's what they, this is an attack on the working class okay mm -hmm. these are elitists both on the left and the right whether by apathy or by trade that are just they they don't care about the working class vote they care about the people who pay to put them in office and, you know, that 20% of operating America that consistently shows up at the polls, not the other 40% that may or may or not show up out of the entirety of the 100. Because then that's the other weird thing about, like, the voter integrity system is we've got, we've got a whole bunch of people think that there's not really any voter integrity. And by and large, most of it's there. So then we have, we have this weird gaslighting, again, in relation to the whole yeah. Q well, thing, you have, stop the steal thing. You have politicians who don't have integrity questioning the integrity of the voters. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then and then there's a lot of disrespect. You know, right it here. is because then like they're telling you you don't exist. They're like, there's no way people voted against this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did, bro. Like that's why I thought it was really weird when they interviewed that oath keeper moron or like that the freaking guy from what the or, shaman? 
No, 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 no. Oh, it was the guy from the Proud Boys. That that one of the co-founders of the Proud Boys, oh. and he was being asked about like you know the voter fraud and all this. And he had nothing to back up on it, and he had no sensibility about it. And then he just turns around, and he flips it on it, and just like flips the table entirely. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. And just you just don't know what you're talking about because you're all fucking morons. And it's like, bro, like, do you show up? Did you actually like check things? Did you did you check with the the election commissions? Do you even know like the facts and figures of voter fraud and how many times it's really just like people using mm-hmm. that to gaslight, taking away voters' rights? It's usually a attack on smaller voter classes in, in trying to change the caste system of America. So it really doesn't help. Right. Like right. by and large, there is not enough voter fraud in the sense of if ever in mail in ballot like it's too much work to get most people to vote anyways. Yeah, but then you, you know? get the you get their followers, you get their their voters who sit there and are so willing to believe anything that they say about you know the the fraud that They'll say that Trump put up a satellite in the middle of the sky. Oh, that's that, right. That pulls up votes straight from the voting machine. That is some like Dinesh D'Souza moron level stuff. I mean, what like, how does this voting machine that's processing hand punched votes? Yeah, when the vast majority of vote systems <laughs> have been relegated to in person hand tabulation, how does? A hand-tabulated Windows 95 level fucking, like, voting machine punch card counter. Like, the stuff that counts your votes is no different than the stuff that used to count, like, your SAT scores. Scantrons. Yes. It's pretty much a giant Scantron. It's a Scantron. Scantron. Yeah. And you either have a Scantron or you have 200 anti sitting in an office for a week reading them all by hand. Okay? Oh, but who are those antis? We don't know who that is. Exactly. That could be voter fraud. And then that's what they think. But then the crazy part is, by and large, you know, who's more active in election commission stuff as far as volunteers? Old Republicans. Why? Because they have the time and the financial security. Because by and large, Democrats are poorer working class people. Whereas, like, because of the fiduciary conservatism of most Republicans, they're also capitalist centric. So they have financial security at the end of life. So what do they do? They become a voter center in the neighborhood. I know. Like, most of my life in California... The people who ran the garage two streets over were Republicans. That's half the reason why I became one. So, like, are you telling me that, like, all of these hard-working volunteers in some cases, some states they kind of get paid, some states they really don't get paid enough? I mean, because it's kind of like a stipend in some states if right. you do get paid to do it. So, in a lot of cases, it's senior citizens that do these things. So, you're telling me all the Kapunas in the world secretly have a cabal that are trying to fucking... No, bro. No. Half those people don't even know how to talk on the internet but they get free government cheese getting that but they again financial security do they get paid in free government cheese well dude it's well yeah there's a lot of work to run a a election out of your garage but then there's like i mean in some cases because it's like a federal stipend rate it's kind of like your civic duty type of thing like the the rate can be good sometimes but in some states it's like even like ten dollars under like like the the, cost of living the rate to be a juror yeah it's like 11 bucks an hour yeah yeah exactly um so uh but like moving on in election stuff you know because i gotta at least cover the left a little more uh biden is uh signing an executive order or did sign an executive order on abortion access amid pressure from democrats because there's a lot of issue going on with the roe v wade i mean i'm Good. i'm pushing in it again and again you know i'm gonna push it until you guys actually want to talk about it because i feel that this is a thing that really needs to regularly be talked about like that's that's a personal freedom for half of uh, the, uh, you know, 
card carrying members of America, and if the women at large have decided over a century, including more than what was it? I think it was like somewhere between like sixty and seventy Republicans secretly are okay with abortion. They're yeah. just not. They're yeah. just not no, public I, about I think, it. I think the nationwide poll, non party affiliated, was around sixty percent of the yeah, U.S. Exactly. Of, approves of. Oh yeah, and Republicans rights. love hiding illicit babies had with like staff interns and like you know people at CPAC conferences. I think that's half the reason why they moved it to Ukraine. Sorry, wherever. Oh no, Hungary. That's right. They, they moved CPAC to Hungary so that, that way they could have more debauchery than they would have in Florida. Even though DeSantis would probably promise the greatest debauchery ever. Um, but yeah, so so Biden, Biden I, I think he's really doing right by the uh, female constituency of America because by and large the numbers are saying that this is what women want. Well, that's, and, that's really the only thing he can do right now, right? Yeah, and that's really all he can is reinforce states that already have because that's really at the heart of the executive orders. Like, he's kind of getting a little too much credit. Like, I'm saving Roe v. Wade. He's not. He's kind of like creating a back door to at least hold the door like right. he's hodor right now and that's it like biden is totally hodor on roe way he's like hodor 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 <laughs> hodor no he was my favorite character and then when you finally realize what hodor means then you really want to like cry oh, what does it mean hold the door yeah, because like, did you watch? I did. I, like, yeah, I don't no. know why I never... Because then like, when... It, okay, so then when it finally gets to that whole flashback... I, mean, I guess it was like so and, obvious that I just didn't... But no, but he had that whole flashback. He got caught in a paradoxical moment because he saw it and then he was living it and then you understand. So like that's the weirdest thing about Hodor's psychosis is this is a guy that saw the future and it fucked his mind so hard that he had to like hold on to that thought and it just went from hold the door to hold 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 and that was his just like that was yeah. his he's like I got to remember this I, and like that's my word that's my you know Hodor just pawning game of life yeah exactly he had one job he had one job and he kept telling us that he had this one job and we didn't realize it mm-hmm. and then you finally like see the whole like how like what was in his brain mm-hmm. of the future and then how he saved Bran's life and all that stuff like dude Dude, 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 dude. Okay. So, um, aside from, you know, lackluster Democrat efforts uh, <laughs> in, in dirty Trump Republican news, uh, Pat Cipollini is uh, going to be testifying in the January 6th committee. I'll make sure to put up links for that again. I'm going to keep on putting up links to the January 6th committee because that shit is salacious and it is unfiltered. So you're not really, like, if any of those news sites you see are reposting in, it doesn't matter. Like, don't don't watch those ones. Watch the ones directly from the January 6th committee. Uh, I mean, watch the ones with C-SPAN. That's cool. But, like, the, the committee, the subcommittee has its own website, has its own verified uh, social media accounts. And so we really should be like, if you guys hate the news and you hate fake news, well, then why not just skip the news and get it from the source? Go drink the water from the well. Don't get it repackaged and sold to you. So check that out because that is going to be... That's going to be juicy. It's going to be real juicy. I'm watching that. That's actually the first one I put a full, like, remind me YouTube when it happens. The other ones, like, I catch afterwards because, like, I can't watch this live. But, like, I really think Cipollini is going to be some hot stuff. I, I just like a good bowl of Cipollini. <laughs> garlic toast points to dip into the sauce. And all oh, that I like good. my Cipollini with red dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you put red dogs in your Cipollini right yeah, next Yeah, I can put red dogs on anything. Right next to the shrimp and right next to the lobster <laughs> Oh, I didn't know Cipollini had shrimp on it. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. Well, you then know, maybe... It's oh, an no. Italian dish. No, okay. It? So then, like... I Okay, no red dogs then. Because if we, got, if we can't afford shrimp, we put the red dogs, though. So. <laughs> 
Just all right, if you like your Cipollini and shrimp, all right, we try. <laughs> um, but in um, in other more reverent news, um, Abe Shinzo assassinated in Japan. Well, and we're as things are developing because I I I don't think we really want to like. I mean, other than like his impact and talk about like kind of like Japanese politics for a moment and understand the world at large and what they're going through and like like how he was assassinated versus like how it developed because then like I felt like some of the news sources when they covered it as it as it developed was he was just injured and it went from he was injured to he was dead. I even heard that he had a heart attack. Yeah. So then like people are like, did he die from a bullet wound or did he get a heart attack from the bullet wound or did he just like get shot in the call it went ouch and died or like or or did he just like get injured and then someone like smothered him in the freaking you know hospital? People don't know and people are getting like crazy conspiracy about it because like especially after seeing the gun. Cause it it wasn't a gun, it was a gun like item, like everybody's describing it that way, because it was like two pipes on a two by four with some freaking like it looked like something Forrest Whitaker made in Ghost Dog. Like you remember those Probably like not sweet, but yeah, no, but it was some crazy like like handmade uh, anarchist cookbook manifesto level right. sawed off shotgun. So and that's the thing. So the, the, like having a gun is difficult to do in Japan, right? Very difficult, actually. You know, I have an interesting anecdote about that because like I was in the Boy Scouts as a kid, and I was a camp counselor at at a major camp on the West Coast uh, in California. And we actually hosted a sister camp from Japan in scouting, and they would come out. And like the biggest thing that they they really looked at in their free time was because they didn't have any real merit badges for guns, and we have all them Second Amendment rights in America. So uh, you know they they would literally like oh shotgun, we like shotgun range, and I'm like okay cool bro let's go shotgun range, and then like the and they were like hey we also have these. Bow and arrows. They're like, bro, we get bow and arrows all the time. Give me the fucking forty-five. Uh, I want the gun. Yeah, give me that carbine. You know. So then, like the next thing you know, they're like, I like John Wayne, <laughs> and they get it out of the system. They go back to Japan. So you get fourteen-year-old kids. It's the only time in their life they're gonna touch a gun, and they go, Oh yeah, I don't like guns, and then they go home. You know. Really. But yeah, but I mean, we we'd rack guns all summer when the Japanese camp came out to visit, and like that was for them. Like they they loved watching the things that were uniquely American. But, like, the biggest thing uniquely American to them was the fact that kids in Boy Scouts are actually allowed to hold a shotgun and or by the time that they're, you know, 21 can fire, like, a small firearm, you know. Uh, and so it just, like, to them, it's like, this is the one ride at Disneyland. We can't get a Tokyo Disney, so let's go on it as often as we can. They pretty much did gun range and pools and boating the whole week. It was just, like, we had to open up a separate block for Japanese gun range time, because these kids are oh, he's just filling it up. Really, like it was just oh, wow. like yeah. So it's it's interesting, but there is there is very much a, a there is it's not an anti gun culture, but it's I think it just more comes with a reverence for war and weapons. Like I mean, I think this also culturally ties into like atom bomb level conversations. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. I'm I'm looking at a picture of the gun right now, and the gun is, it's a. Uh, like, I don't think I would look at that if somebody was walking down the street carrying that. Like, I don't think I'd look at that and be like, that's a weapon. Where if you have a gun and it's exposed, you know it's a gun. Oh, yeah, no, but like, it shows you really how, like, how homogeneous you had to make it. Because it's like, this is a working class dude who isn't going to be able to, like, 3D print a freaking zip gun or anything. You know, he, he didn't make a ghost gun. He made a 2x4 gun. Yeah, they call it a zip gun, right? So, 
man, that's just crazy. Yeah. No, he, he seriously, like, anarchist cookbook level, like, steampunk nightmare level thing. Yeah. And so it, it just, it's, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's extremely crazy to think about gun violence in Japan because, like, I've, I've known the culture my whole life, you know? So then it's just, it's, it's really, I just, I don't, like, I, I mean, I could only begin to imagine how the people are feeling in the fallout of that because, like, I mean, I think I would have to watch a little more Japanese news these next couple weeks and understand, like, the response to it because, like, politically there's a lot in play with his death. Just because of, like, where he tried to take Japan and how he, like, and then now, like, it, like, is he going to be martyred or is he going to be cast aside in history? Even though, like, he, posthumously, his impact is huge. Well, that, that was going to be my next question for you is, because he was re-campaigning, wasn't he? Yes. Or was he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what does that do for, you know, just the people of Japan where they started to move back? In? Less choices. That's all, at the end of the day, sure. it's less choices. But, like, and I can't really, like, I can't completely get into it. Because, like, when it comes to Japanese leaders, like, yes, sometimes they go a little right. Yes, sometimes they go way too left. Sometimes they, like, their version of right and left is not the same as the rest of the world. But, like, all in all, Japan's been in a pretty locked post-World War II place. And it's, I mean, some of their life is a little bit of psychologically misstructured because of their place in the world post-World War II. But I think it also, at the same time, like, they've made it leaps and bounds as a society. Like, even though, like, they have a pretty high inflation society compared to ours, they can afford it. Mm-hmm. Like, by and large, those kind of people can afford it. I mean, yeah, there's a, a degree of poverty out there. But, like, when you think about, like, the level and access and how the hive mind of Japan moves forward, like, it's a cleaner China, more or less. I mean, I don't mean that in disrespect to china but i like in the land mass per capita usage of people industrialization uh, macroeconomic level from township to township you know like all that stuff like when you think about like how japan's been managed for half a century it kind of like it's it's not a well-oiled machine but it's better than some gotcha gotcha yeah it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out and also you know the, the story behind why he was assassinated what like it says he it wasn't political. Well, and, but that's right? the thing that's is one like of the things they said. How right? is it not political? Because it's He's a politician. A political like and I hate that. That goes hand in hand with I'm not a politician. Yes, you are. The second that you run in for office, you're a politician. But anyways, but like it's how can people say it's not like that? That screams cover up from mm-hmm. someone who worked in a bureaucracy. That is executive overreach into the media to go no 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 no. And I think that that's what they're hoping for is that if they keep spinning what it could be. And how, and how it's like, we don't know what it is, then eventually it becomes a nothing burger and people forget about it and move on. I think that's what they're counting on in this age of confusion in media is that like, this may be an assassination that people will be like, he's dead? Like you think? a year from now? You yeah. Think? Because, well, not in Japanese about, culture, but, but in the world, the world culture. In the world I culture. think Japanese, Japan is going to be hindered, hurt, and grieving for quite some time. But I think because of what's ahead for them, it'd probably take two election cycles for them to be in the back of their head. I mean, look at how fast America forgot what day 9-11 happened on. Everybody can tell you the first two numbers, but they can never tell you the last four sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, actually interesting because Japan may emotionally be more hurt by the fact that it was an assassination and just the the style of what happened more than it was Shinzo Abe. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and I don't know if that's correct. I'm not in Japan, but I'm wondering because that it the way it was talked about initially was he was shot, and that was such a shock that somebody was shot in Japan. Yeah, and so I, yeah, it's interesting to see how that'll play out too. Yeah, I I just man, it's I mean it's it it could and it could really even play into. The even the American, the British, and the Australian conversation right now in their elections for the next few years because like it's going to be used as a talking point in gun control. They're like, look, they still made a gun, and it's like, yeah. but yeah, look at like the culture and like where like I mean, you know, the, the where the culture sits with like actual like gun violence to date and what like people whether or not they actually care about it. because that's the other thing is like for all those kids that came out and went to that shotgun range. Like they they like they picked it up and then they put it down. They're like, oh, no gun back home. Who cares? It does like, what I thought it did. It does what, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the tape plays. Cool. Like, yep. and then I might come back tomorrow because it's an interesting rush. But I'm probably never going to touch one for the rest of my damn life. You know. So I, it's just it, it's it's an odd culture to us. But then at the same time, like I have to respect the fact that these people tried for a level of a broad stroke action on peace in their streets after you know how long mm-hmm. being at war and then being branded with a scar because of war like no, nothing really makes you appreciate the gravity of human life until you accept like the loss of hundreds and thousands of your countrymen which then brings me back to the sadness of like post pandemic stuff you know not that I want to touch on this too much but before we go on to break is just that like I mean I, I was kind of sad recently you know just thinking about the reverence of people lost and died over the past couple of years that like I feel that there's a lot that is forgotten in the people that we lost over the pandemic in the sense of numbers, not just sensing the quality of the people because there's a lot of quality people we lost. Mm-hmm. But I think we're disregarding, like every time that a vaccine or COVID denier comes around, you're disrespecting the lives of more than 600,000 Americans. You're disrespecting how many millions of people worldwide. How many are the, all those people in Italy that died in that first week? Yeah, just like yeah. Italy, like people don't understand. Like we I would just love had, to. We just had twenty registered COVID-related deaths last week here yeah. in here, here in Hawaii. Well, and it's because Which, that's a high number. Here it well, it is a high number here. But then at the same time, is like you know when when they go out and they interview all these, you know these people around the world that live in these mokus that are kind of more rural or just a little more disconnected from the news cycle and then they believe the rhetoric of like the political machine around them and then they're like i haven't seen it out here and then they just got like blinders on but then like you go in and you do a fucking field study in their neighborhood and it's like dude you all had covid like how many times last month it's like so you're really telling me that nobody's dying dude you lost how many neighbors and then oh well it's complications you know that's one of the arguments that that ticks me off the most is they'll say oh well they they were starting to say it was a covid death even for people who died another way. It's like, who who was saying that? When were they saying that? Like, they're just trying... Well, and see, that's the same thing with the way that people try to reword the word mandate in their head, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, some people try to tell mandate's not a law, and I just have to, like, smile and nod because I'm like, you dumb bastard. <laughs> like, yeah. mandate is a law uh, set in place in an expedient fashion by the executive branch. So talk mm-hmm. to your executive branch about what a mandate is, and then, you know... <laughs> yeah, but so many diseases, you die of other complications that are created because of that disease. Oh, yeah. So when you die of, you know, I don't know, cancer... Yeah. You actually might, might more likely die of, like, pneumonia. Yes, yes, because the cancer because struck the cancer you down so much. Yes, exactly. Like, in the same, like, 
when my when my pops died, I mean, like he had complications to Agent Orange, but then half the time the freaking Marine Corps was like, ah, oh, he had diabetes. So I understand where some people are like, did the diabetes do it or did the Agent Orange do it? But it's like I know very well he had the Agent Orange long before he had the diabetes. So mm-hmm. guess what? The diabetes is a complication onset by the Agent Orange, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. then, like, if someone is like can't breathe, aspirating, like death from their fucking mouth, and they can't taste anything, obviously they got enough COVID to say that if they had something else, the COVID is what made it worse. Right. Exactly, and, and that's and that's where I think people are losing the you know the the significance of vaccines and things like that. Well, let's not lose too many people's attention because this yeah, is probably the hardest part of the right. show to get through every week. But you know what? After this break, when we come back, we talk a little pop culture, streamer reviews, gaming reviews, and more. And uh, man, flatter Dave, just another week away. All that and more, in just a little bit after PSA. Moving forward. <laughs> Get help. It's never your fault. It doesn't matter what you were wearing, what you were drinking, or what you agreed to in the past. Sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Remember, it's not your fault. Moving forward. What are you doing to escape from madness? Because like we gotta escape from this madness, bro. Watching as much as I can. Well, that's you know Trying sometimes to lose it's... myself in some films, yeah. some shows, all mm-hmm. that. Writing a little bit. Yeah. Drinking a little bit. No wait. Yeah, I am. I ain't drinking anymore, <laughs> but I ain't drinking any less. Uh, but so, but what you watching, bro? What you watching? Been watching a lot of stuff. Uh, some TV shows, you know, some funny stuff here and there. Um, probably the. One that stood out to me the most, though, is uh, is uh, PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, Licorice Pizza. Oh, yeah. No, I've uh, been hearing a lot of interesting things about it because, like, I mean, I it's a, it's a man, human sexuality is a funny subject in American filmmaking. <laughs> there, there is a little controversy over this film. You know, they, they've got a chance to uh, walk that line on uh, an adult having a more than platonic relationship with a, a minor well, NC, and then that's the thing is like you, it's a well, NC, like some people try to feel like, oh, I can justify the, the age gap to a degree, but then it's like, nah, I can't, like, I mean, because that's the thing is like, so what we got, it's young boy, old lady, young, right? young, by, yeah, yeah, young yeah, boy, older lady. yeah, so, but I mean, I feel that that where that's where like societally it's always deemed okay, like if that was a 25 year old guy dating mm-hmm. a 15 year old girl, you go, Oh fuck! I'm gonna kick his ass. But then, like everybody goes, "Yo, bro, you pulling a young milf?" And it's like, dude, it's it's just as fucking wrong. It's the whole it's the whole trope of the uh, the like the female teacher, the the teacher role. At yeah, least. hot for Who, teacher. Yeah, how many how many songs that, right? in in hair band rock have yeah. been talking about teacher? And like, it, does, there does it make so, it right? I'm not, yeah. but I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Every teenage boy has had a your hormones are going, but it's those adults that should know better. So I mean, I think I mean. But I haven't watched it yet. I am going to watch this one because it does sit in a range of I would watch it. But, like, spoiler-free, sell it. Yeah, no. So, okay. So, for me, number one, Paul Thomas Anderson, 
dig it. I'm down for pretty much everything he does. Um, the uh, the son of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, who was in a ton of Paul Thomas Anderson's before he passed away, um, his son is the lead. And I was like stoked to see what this kid can do, who came from an amazing, amazing actor. Um, and he was fantastic. Um, really great. Haim, um, she was in it. I'm like, well, what's this musician going to do as an actress? She was amazing. And then you got like Tom Waits is in there. Yeah, you got me in Tom know, Waits. I mean, anything Tom Waits is in, I'm just going to watch just for that. You know, um, but yeah, Bradley Cooper was in it, Ben Safdie. I mean, just all these amazing actors. But for me, the biggest thing is I grew up in Glendale. I was born in this early 70s, grew up through the 80s. So much of the timing of this felt really familiar. And all the way up to the video games, the waterbeds, um, skateboarding down the, the, the road. I mean, all of that, I'm like, I'm watching something from my past. And that was kind of cool to see, you know, because, uh, you know, PTA grew up around that area. He kind of knows, you know, that, that thing. I think he grew up in San Fernando Valley or something like that, which is where he got Boogie Nights and, you know, some influence there, too. But, um, yeah, all in all, definitely go see Licorice Pizza. Plus, little side facts, Licorice Pizza used to be a record store in L.A. So, it's not the candy. It's not the Italian uh, dinner. It's a record album place reference. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, outside of outside of that, is there is there any insight to the story that may that may make people who might be on the edge of a not wanting to see a plot like this, but might open their mind to like the conversation? Yeah, you know what's cool about it in the relationship sense is, um, it's definitely like a, you know, cat and mouse. They kind of they kind of definitely both have an interest in each other along, but the or the the move the part that moves beyond the platonic side is actually very minor compared to the relationship that they truly have the friendship they have and the mentorship they role that they have and so it's um yeah the, it, it's way more than like a lolita kind of story you know this is this is definitely much more about uh a kid who needs a, a mother figure and a young woman who who is looking for just a, a somebody who's willing to kind of stand up for her mm, gotcha so it kind of like it feels like the headcanon thing that every boy wishes it was in one of these may december relationships but that like it's it very much seems like a hollywood play on it like i mean and then that's where i was kind of like on the fence about seeing it because i mean is this a reverse woody allen but then again like you know yeah but it, it's i i think it's i think it handles the nuance of relationship and friendship and then even relationship, you know, or, or uh, but I mean, I want to stress that this is not some dirty, like Mary no, Kay Letourneau this story. This is not, yeah. this is not, this, this is in act. That's why I'm saying it. it actually handles just what friendships are really about mm. a lot better than a lot of other films that would deal, get into this, um, you know, age gap. So mm. I, I still recommend seeing it because I don't think it, I think if anything, it breaks a lot of the tropes of, of that kind of, um, you know, that style of film. All right. Well, I'll probably watch it on the plane ride to Comic-Con then. That way I have something to say, like a talking, talking the, the Hall H line about it with, uh, with people and see what they think. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I haven't had enough uh, sit down time of watching too much stuff. I mean, I finished watching... The big con. Well, actually, I probably have like twenty five more minutes. The the documentary about uh, Eric C. Con 
the social security uh, attorney out of Kentucky. And so it's been a very interesting, like I, I have this weird fascination with true crime Hallie's. I like, like, Oh, you <laughs> fucker. You would do this, bro. Oh, how did you not get you, bro? It's like, a lot of them. Yeah. So like, that's half of it. But like, I kind of like, I, I was aware of this guy because like I was old enough when I was working at Disney to notice like when he was trying to like reach out to California and that move. So when it got to like the end of episode two or the beginning of episode three or something like that, when they're talking about like, he's trying to like expand and move cause he can't be in Kentucky too much. And he tries to like expand his operation. But then what I thought was even crazier was how much they talked about like, he was a straight shooter until that judge showed up. Like he was just really, oh, really? he was really good at social security claims but then, like, he had to, like, mainstream the process and lazy his side of thing. But And then he kind of just didn't want to put his hands on it because then, like, he kind of has semi-denial. But, like, he's still making a shit ton of money out of it. So I think that there's also, like, these moments where you kind of, like, you understand from, like, the sound bites you get from him and his more or less manifesto that they turn into a voiceover from a supplied actor that, like, <laughs> okay. yeah, it's interesting because he's, like, he, he's, he, like, because he does talk about a lot of things that he, like, he pre-planned when he tried to escape and all the other stuff. So, like, it's it's interesting to get in the mind of someone who becomes a criminal like that, whether it's, like, because he really thought he was Robin Hood for a while, you know, mm-hmm. because there was a mm-hmm. lot of cases, like, you meet some people that he really did right by. So that's kind of, it's the hard subject of, like, is this, is this, like, Poncho and Lefty? Is this, like, reckon, uh, Butch and Sundance type of thing? Is Eric C. Khan, like, the Social Security swindler, like, slash Butch and Sundance character of the modern times, you know? Yeah. So that's I definitely a, I'm going to have to watch that one because I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. So if if uh, if you got to Apple TV, I would totally I would totally check that one out. That nice. that one's that one's pretty solid. Um, I I'm about to finish the boys. I don't like want to make any final remarks on that yet. But like the season has been moving in a very interesting direction with like how the power systems work and the hierarchy of these superheroes and this corporate lifestyle. I don't know if you really have you watched the boys no, at all, I haven't, I haven't. dude. It's the Watchmen, but meets like. Reaganomics, like TV running your life type of super right like so you've got like yeah, yeah. superheroes who have to be social media icons but are also secretly pieces of shit and then like having <laughs> to deal with like covering up them accidentally killing people and then like government agencies having to regulate them and then the people's lives that are ruined by their collateral damage so it's it's more watching the journey of a guy trying to get even with people who are perceived as superheroes when in actuality they're 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 the biggest villains of our time. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll have to check that out so, too. So you're giving, be, giving me all kinds of stuff to watch. Yeah, out. man. But I have I have finally been I mean, I kinda like slightly trash talked it a couple weeks ago, but like I didn't have time to like catch up with the rest of the game. But uh Jurassic uh Park Evolution two well, Jurassic World Evolution two. Um it's on uh, Xbox Game Pass right now. But it's, I mean, I'm still, I finally got around to like playing the next part, but I was kind of confused that like, it was like, oh, we got campaign mode. And then I was like, oh, there's also story mode, but wait a minute, isn't campaign story? And then I played campaign mode and it was like, this is pretty much just like a, like tutorial for what we changed in the new game. And then when I finished it, I was like, wow, that was just like, that was a freaking two day tutorial. Like I was kind of disappointed <laughs> though, that I couldn't just like go out and like just start playing. Like, I mean, yes, that's what sandbox is for kids, but like. <laughs> When I thought I was in campaign, I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go scoop up that dinosaur and make some like dinosaur appeal right now." Because it's like it's mm-hmm. it's one part Jurassic Park and it's two parts Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I was gonna ask you kind of how the game works because I I was kind of hoping that like you can pick 
to be a uh, a, a created dinosaur, and no. then you chase around like Sam Neill and Laura Dern. Kinda, and, you can headcanon some of that stuff while you're cruising around. You can make that a part of your Twitch show, but yeah, like, okay. but um, there is top down God's eye view Sim City building. Okay, and then there's boots on the ground third party view stuff that you have to do with a jeep that has a guy in the back that you can control with binoculars to scan dinosaurs to figure out what's wrong with them and then then they have a tranquilizer gun and then there's a helicopter and then you can actually tranquilize from the helicopter or take photos and you can sell the photos to make extra money if you're tied on cash like you are forty thousand dollars in debt go take a picture of a (laughs) t-rex yeah but like what what's actually really funny is like when you play because they give you alternate scenarios you kind of get like a multiverse redux of the OG story. So instead, cause like the last game we really just played like the greatest hits of all the movies. Mm-hmm. And so then in the new game, uh, for story mode, you get to do what ifs. So like you get brand new voiceovers from Jeff Goldblum. Oh, and wow. he comes out and he's like, life well, has a chance. Oh. And they give him a different, uh, Jeff Goldblum. yeah, yeah. Oh. You can listen to him read a cereal box, bro. Uh, but he, he, he even gets different artwork for each era he's in. So you get to see like Jurassic park one, picture of him when he's talking versus like Jurassic World Dominion picture of him and so he gives all the cold opens to the the story essentially like your piece by piece mission for each story so like story one is uh, Isla Nublar revisited and you're imagining you have control of it weeks before Sam Neill shows up so instead what you're trying to do is create a successful park that actually makes money and dinosaurs don't break out and kill everybody so then you, that, the one thing that, I will that'd take, be a good success yeah, so the one thing I do like <laughs> is that it gives you an, like a an alternate John Hammond story, and you just get to hear like all the fun John Hammond lines. But then the problem is they've got this voiceover artist that kind of sounds like more Welsh than he should. Um, but it's kind of cute. But then like you even get some new animation. So like Reese Darby and Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Jurassic Park. No, 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 no. More, more, more Welsh than Australia. Oh, more Welsh. Right? More Welsh, more Welsh. Welcome uh, to Jurassic Park. Not Sean Connery. Come not on. Sean Connery. No, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to work on that. Yeah, you know, you're going to have to come back. But actually, you can't really... Because, like, I mean, like, when I hear it, I go, oh, we spent no experience. But then they had a little more in there because of, like, they just made... The, I don't know. I think the way that the guy rolled it, he probably was a sound-alike, and then he's probably, like, hiding parts of his own accent in there or yeah, something like sure. that. But, like, it's pretty cool because then, like, they give you control of the park minutes before they start building everything and then like you gotta set up the cages and then like you have viewing galleries so that that way like how much dinosaur view do you have just kind of like the same way theme park tycoon works but then like it's your freaking diplodocus has got avian flu so then you've got to like build a paleomedic lab and then you've got to like scan him and then you got to go make a vaccine and you got to research and you got to hire a guy and then you got to make sure you give that guy a break every once in a while because if he gets angry he gonna turn into like the he gonna turn into like the dude from the first one and be like uh 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 and he'll like let a dinosaur out of a cage what so if you overwork somebody they'll straight up go i quit and then like open up all the dinosaur cages and you're like oh shit they really do that yes and then you have to open up all the emergency shelters so people can run to the shelters and then because some missions like you can't just like auto send everybody out to do the dirty work you got to get in there like the suicide squad and you got to go hunt down 60 dilophosaurus because hoisted by your own godly petard you went you know what i've got eight million dollars because this park's five stars so i'm gonna make 60 dilophosaurus 
Brontosaurus, and I'm going to cram them into the smallest square acreage and make a million dollars a minute off of them because you're just trying to, like, dollar hack the win on the game. But, yeah, it is... Mm, 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 mm. It, it, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's far better than I thought it was going to be. Um, so yeah, That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. If you make the vaccine properly, can you go right and just sell it at like a thousand time markup? No, or? actually, you don't get to do Martin Screlly. You actually, uh, what happens is, is after enough of them get it. Well, so what it is, is you have an inoculation that you first make. Okay. And then after like 10 or 20 dinosaurs get it, there becomes a vaccine for it. And then every time you make a dinosaur, it automatically gets vaccinated. So, so more- then it saves you money because then you don't have to go out and vaccinate the Diplodocus. Okay. So you're more Fauci than Screlly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, vaccines for all the dinosaur <laughs> peeps out there. But yeah, so then like, um, like, oh, dude, and then like the best part is there is a there's a, a there's a story mission in between one and three that's like more than it's two point five. It's not Jurassic Park two. It's not Lost World because you get to play San Diego. So they the model that they had on the table that you see in Lost World. You get to play that. The weirdest part about the map is, is as someone who spent a lot of their life in San Diego, I'm all looking from all the corners on the map and going, this is the, where is this? Is this La Jolla? Is this Scripps Ranch? I can't tell. Is this Anza from a bad angle? Like, how is this? So it's, like, it's I'm, like San Diego. Yeah. It's not quite the yeah, same. Yeah, but no, but what's interesting, it has this skyline in the back. And you can kind of see, but then I'm like, why do you have like all these big mountains behind? Like, there's hills. I can like, see San Bernardino Mountains from here. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's what it kind of <laughs> felt like. It was like, I can see Los Angeles. No, that's not. You know, like, <laughs> is that the Coronado Bridge? I can't figure it out. So after you get past that, you're like, oh, sweet. I get to make the San Diego Park that was promised in the second movie. So, like, you don't, you don't get any revisiting from any of those characters except for. Um, Jeff Goldblum again. It would be fun if they had had like a voice match guy for people, uh, Pete Postlethwaite because like he's a badass. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm gonna work on my Jeff Goldblum accent. Yeah, too, or uh, life finds a way. <laughs> that was more that was, Christopher that was, Walken. And yeah, that was that was more Christopher a Walken. Little Catherine Hepburn in there too. <laughs> life finds a way, darling. <laughs> I, you know, you know. While we're in good spirits, speaking of life, uh, lost a really cool peep. Um, about more than a week ago, but like, I mean, this is the thing of like getting around to it, fitting in the news, talking about death. You know, I mean, we're talking about enough in this episode because of Shinzo, but like, um, so, uh, one of the coolest kids to ever grace the internet, Technoblade, Minecraft gamer extraordinary. Like, this kid was considered the goat, uh, you know, and he, yeah, so I'm 50 and I, I don't really, uh, Minecraft all that often, uh, unless my daughter asked me to play with her. But um, she knows very well who he was and was, was like, hurt when she heard that he passed. Yeah, I mean, and then the sad part is, is like, I mean, it's cancer and it's a, it's a yeah. long battle. It's a hard battle. But, like, I mean. But that's I, how much he connected, though, with an audience. Yes, right? you I know, mean, and as someone who grew up on the internet, it like, I mean, I, I'd have to say that this is probably one of the most impactful deaths. It's one of the biggest searched obituaries on the internet right now, still even many days later. Um, the support that keeps on pouring out. Like, I feel this is in comparison to some of the first funerals that I attended on World of Warcraft. Because, like, back in the day before we had, like, hardcore YouTube presences and, like, Twitch streams and stuff like that, it was a community would come together and mourn. So, like, there, I mean, there was this whole, like, walk through the entire map where people would just spawn and be like, oh, there's the line, it's running. And we walked a whole train across the entire world peacefully 
without anybody in the PvP map like causing hell or anything. So like this community really does know each other. They get to they get to loving each other whether like friends or they make families. I mean, dude, I know some so many people that met their wife or their husband by playing an MMO. So this is I mean, oh, okay. gamer culture for me is actually probably one of the biggest safe havens. You know, I feel that like yes, it can be uh, a culture of like some bad decisions and gaslighting problems and like, uh, you know, poor male choices and, you know, misogyny, but like at the heart of it, at the heart of the people, the good people that like, this is a community that really like these become some of the only friends. Like I, I actually had a point in my life where, um, I was going through a hard breakup and I didn't have any friends cause like all of her friends were my friends at that time. And I was just constantly working. So I didn't really have any friends. And so then like when that, when I transitioned out of that relationship, it was like, all my friends were on an MMO, you know? So yeah. they were in a chat room or they were in my ear. You know, it's kind of like, and when you take away the video game, it's like being on a CB radio or shortwave. It's just you're looking for civilization, you know? And these yeah. people found it together, and Technoblade was was a cool kid at the heart of it. And, you know, just another guy. Like, he's like he's like the Kobe Bryant of fucking Minecraft, wow. you know? Wow. So yeah. um, wherever you may land... Or however you may be, or how people want to remember you, young man, dude, your memory lives on. Um, in brighter things, because I don't want to like cry on air. Because uh, let's let's close out with uh, our last and final tribute to Flat Earth Dave. Flat Earth Dave. We, you, I need a. You know what? I'm gonna special effect that one. Can you echo it? Like echo effect yeah. it. Flat Earth Dave. Yeah, I like that, but I won't echo that one because I'm making fun of it, so that way I'm post people like, yeah. Flat Earth Dave. Like that? Can you do that one? Yeah, but I mean, that that's even already better. I mean, that's good Foley right there. Like, you just, Thank you. Yeah, good job. Like, yeah. who, who needs to filter? You know what? I'm now not get, going to filter. You get two could. hands and you put them next to your mouth. You can do anything. Yeah, well, especially like with a good shotgun mic catching like the, the extra part of the room like we have right now. So that might actually sound kind of cool. We'll find out. But if, if it doesn't, then maybe I will put the effect just Dude, for the punchline. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, speaking of punchlines, um, you know, I've been talking with Jonathan about this. Like, this is kind of like a... This is a touchy subject with me, like cognitive dissonance and misinformation in the world. So, like, I've actually, oh, in my days of preparation, my months of preparation since I have been um, propositioned, if you will, by Flat Earth Dave, because uh, he wants to blow my mind. Uh, I have watched interviews from people who believe him. I have watched him interview people who think they believe him. Uh, I've watched him get shredded to bits by people who know real, provable, visible, everyday living science. And I've come to understand, you know, and I will say this out loud because he's probably not going to listen or read or completely or he'll have some runaway excuse because it seems like he does. So um, I really feel, folks, you know what, we know, you know, I guess as they call us Globies. <laughs> so funny, but like we get a nickname even though it's like it's common sense. Okay. Whatever. But okay. So, yeah, but I, I'm on the left, so I'm a snow globy. <laughs> right? Isn't that? <laughs> Stop being such a snow globy. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. We've created, like, a, 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 a terrible sub-political <laughs> movement inside of, like, the dumbest idea of a lifetime. But, but anyways, you know, I, I don't want to denigrate him too much and bless his heart for, like, being scooped up in a dissonant chamber as strong as... Um, flat earthers 
Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's interesting seeing how he responds to people. So I think I think what we're gonna try to do is we're gonna take a different approach than he's really been interviewed in the things that I've seen. I think I think what we need to understand as a people is how their brains work. So well, I think I, more the how than the why. Yeah, they, like, I mean, more I mean, the why than the how. The earth is flat. For me, it's the same as like QAnon or or other things like that. Like, where do you take that leap of denying the majority of information and science and fact like where do you take that leap of i'm not going to listen to the major sources of like actual information and knowledge yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna deny everything i was taught in school i was gonna de- i'm gonna deny what my parents taught me yeah i'm gonna deny what my neighbor says mm-hmm. and i'm gonna believe this person i saw on youtube yeah, no, like, and I, I, I want to know what caused it. Like, yeah, no, where, where that, that click like, comes in. Yeah, yeah, no, and that, and I think that that's what we really need to understand because, like, I think that's the harder part about like being smarter or neurodivergent in the modern age. Like, we have a lot of disconnect and impatience with people who get caught in things that we think are trivial. Like, I mean, I think that was the hardest part of watching. Like, the uh, I watched Professor Dave versus Flat Earth Dave, and like I've seen some Professor Dave videos before this time, and he normally he's just like he's infotainment. Like, he's really just, like, I drop what it is. But then, like, he got attacked by the Flat Earth Society. So, then like, I think, in like, okay, well, then how do I cater to, like, I might get an influx of Flat Earth listeners because it'd be like, I was on rabbit holes, you know? So, then, like, cool. there's going to be people who might influence other people in my feed from outside of Hawaii now because Not the Flat Earth. So, then, like, if I post stuff about him or I share clips of him, what do I want it to be? Do I want it to be another fight like everybody's had with him? Or do I want to understand... The men and women behind this movement and what motivates them to believe in something that no one else wants to. And I don't want to like lift them as like a social figure because I don't want it to seem like this courageous journey. I just want to know. I want to know why. Yeah. I mean, look, I, for a long time, I actually, I seriously, and, and seriously, I thought Flat Earthers was like this this kind of like LARPing thing. It was a trolling movement? Yeah, I mean, I thought yeah. it was just people just kind of screwing around like, haha, yeah, I'm a, I'm a flat earther. Like, yeah, I know the world's round, but, you know, I'm a flat earther. And it's like just this thing they like to do on the weekends and go to these conventions because there are other people who have said the same thing. And maybe that's how it started. And they were all like, wait a minute, is it real though? I don't know. We've been saying it's real for a long time. It must be real, right? Yeah, but we also have I people don't... in America that think like the Earth is hollow. Or they, ooh, I should ask them about the other models. I'd be oh, like, okay, okay. so, so, question. so if you believe the Earth is flat, then do you believe the Earth is hollow as well? Is there is there a machine inside that's making all this happen? Like, Does it? Because I like the question. What's the dome made out of? I want to know what the dome's made out of. And we, how long the dome's been made? How long has the flat Earth been around? Can, you know, we can they answer that? And can we eat it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> if the moon was made out of ribs, <laughs> would you eat it? <laughs> That's like the only time I'll ever quote a Will Ferrell sketch. <laughs> but like, I mean, and, and, and the questions like, like, even within the flat earthers, there's controversies of what is the firmament? Does the earth spin like, like a record on a record player or does it sit still and the firmament rotates around it? Like, have him kind of explain why there's even controversy within. Yeah, let's. The, that's what we do. Let's let's just divide and conquer on the movement instead of like fighting over the movement. Because maybe if they could all agree on how it actually functions first, then they can approach us after they've talked and be like, okay, 
We talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is some fucking like this is a Fred Flintstone level problem. Yeah, yeah. All right, buddy boy. <laughs> you know, it's like I mean, get him and uh, you know uh, half the cast of Jellystone Park and just like I don't know, Yogi. The Earth does seem like a spherical object. Well, uh, you ooh, know, ooh, ooh, ooh. let me tell you something. <laughs> you get this Earth and it lays out like this. If you go over here, the stars over there. If you go over there, the star's still up there. <laughs> yeah. Anna Barbera brings you the Flat Earth Complex. Is that like the hidden secret episode after uh, the Flight of the Spruce Goose episode? Probably. Yeah. Now that Probably. the weird things. But you no, know. I want them to get their stuff together and then just represent it to us. Like, okay, now we have a slideshow. Yes. You know? Yeah. Well, you know they have a convention. Well, I know, but even there, like, they debate about, Yeah, there's, like, like, 20 panels on, like, each version. And then and there's... And there are, like, six different wraps. But then there's crazy is there's, like, a bunch of guys selling the different models. <laughs> like, you can buy each firmament model. What is what is a... Speaking of snow globies, what, what does a flat earth snow globe look like? Well, it, it looks, looks... like a snow globe. Well, no, it looks... it No, actually, it looks like a designer plate. And, like, it looks like one of those designer plates that your mom puts fake fruit on when she wants to show off to company. And then it's just a glass <laughs> cover dish, like that you put over a turkey or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's it, well. And then what's interesting is like I like some of the artwork from it. Like it looks kind of steampunkish sometimes, so that kind of appeals to like my art kitsch side. So like there is there's some like some guy made a really interesting flat Earth model like wooden inlay table that had a clock on its face. But then I'm like, oh my god, he's trying to sell me a fucking solar lunar model on his uh, uh, his flat earth model but then I'm like but this is kind of a cool table damn it I can't I can't I can't do it don't <laughs> don't do it to me not gonna buy into it so uh, we we shall see what what flat earth Dave wants to sell next week and we'll see like you know it's it's gonna be crazy cause uh, I, I I'm gonna talk to him uh, right before comic con so we're gonna we're gonna get him out to you uh, you know a few days before we land in San, sunny San Diego and uh, rip apart the pop culture scene, and we'll kind of we'll, we'll talk a little bit of politics and what's going on. But this this is my real mental health day episode, but it's still kind of work. We're also going to talk about uh, how to uh, pirate AM radio for those of you out there who want to try to get into that game. With no matter where you are in the world, uh, I've got some secrets. Gonna it's going to be Comic Con exclusive. Uh, and then we might get some audio recast on parts of it, but a lot of that conversation is is really like a we gotta like jam on that together. So I'm gonna give you some tidbits, I'm gonna give you some links that go with it, and that'll be after the Comic Con episode. But uh, mahalo, Jonathan, for coming on today, brother. Thank you for letting me on, and thank you for letting me uh, fall down many rabbit holes. Because man, we went there. Yeah, we did. We actually went a lot of places. We went more places than I wanted to either. But sorry. like, but no, 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 no. Don't ever be sorry, bro. We got lost and it was fun and it was good. And mahalo everyone for constantly supporting the show. I, I I'm loving where it's going. Um, I'm finally glad that I got the sound kind of where I like it. Uh, looking to add more advertisers soon. Now that I've like really, I want to be able to sell a good product. So now that we're at the good product phase, like looking for local brands. So we're gonna be talking to you guys. We're gonna be hitting the bricks. Get some ad space up here. Got to be able to pay to do this thing because, guys, it takes a lot to curate and then investigate news uh, in both in both fashions because some stuff, it's like, yeah, obviously world news, like I'm not going to be everywhere, so I got to find reputable sources that you also believe in. So we'll be talking about that, uh, hoping to get a season in season two mode, post-Comic-Con, a little more man-on-the-street time. going to go out, hit the big areas of Maui and talk with people, maybe even do a day in Oahu, or uh, and even a day on Big Island where I just like, w- like I land early in the morning, I go out there, I just like start talking to people, 
And then I just like, wow, maybe I could do like a whole, a whole, a whole day. Like I start at one end of the oh. chain and I go through the whole chain. I'm like, I do like two hours and I just pick a town square. I'd be like right here, bam, out the airport. <laughs> do it, do it. But in between, cause you got to eat. Yeah. In between, stop at a couple food places and then do a little talk story with like somebody in that area. That's somebody, a good idea. Yeah. yeah, support local business on the way. Hey, if anybody got anything good to eat along the way for all these crazy conversations, you tell me. I go. We check them out. All right, folks. Well, you have a wonderful Sunday. Love you all. Anything else to say, Jonathan? Just aloha and thank you all. Aloha. <gasps>